If you're a Mets fan, cover your ears. Well, actually, I want you to hear this. And if you're a Brewers fan, pat yourself on the back. It's official, Rowdy. You had the stat yesterday, and now the Mets have not won a single series in the month of June after the Brewers took their four-game set 3-1 to one with a 3-2 victory last night out in the Big Apple. The Mets continue to fall, Rowdy. How would you like to, and I think you said this yesterday, how would you like to root for a team that didn't win a single series? Yeah, that's tough. In like, a month. You roughly play a nine-ish series in a month. You went 0-9. Like, that's that's tough. And especially when, I mean, just the one where you play the Milwaukee Brewers, you went 1-3. It's not even like, that. that's even worse than the, the regular 1-2. Uh-huh. That's tough. That's really tough. I'm trying to find uh, if there is a stat out. I'm sure there is, but if there's the longest streak without winning a series in Major League Baseball, uh, but that just brings up the longest World Series route, which, of course, those are the Chicago Cubs, uh, who went 1909 to 2016. That would be 107 seasons with a World Series title. But I'm, my initial lookings for the longest drought without winning a series, uh, I'm not sure, but I know that if you go a whole month without doing so, that's brutal, and it just so happened that it was the Milwaukee Brewers to take down the New York Mets. Devin Williams struck out Starling Marte last night to strand the bases loaded in the ninth. Brewers hang on. Victor Carantini has a two-run shot in the sixth, and what was it, uh, a Brian Anderson sack fly in the seventh. Brewers win 3-2. to two. Woo! All right, Rowdy, that's got to feel pretty good, even if it is against the uh, the Mets, who now are, what, a season-high nine games under five hundred. Yeah, and the Brewers have officially played 81 games. As of yesterday, we are halfway through the Major League Baseball season. Oh! And the Brewers, well, they're on pace for 86 wins. And I'll be honest, you look around the Central, obviously the Reds and the Brewers are tied atop. But I don't know. I'm thinking 86 wins. If they can do exactly what they did in the first half of the season, that might be enough to win the NL Central this year. Hell yeah. Let's go. I'm looking here at 538 uh, Major League Baseball. Brewers, they have predicted at 84 and 78, Rowdy. 84 and 78. Um, Let's see here. The Cubs, they got at 79 wins. The Cardinals, they have at 75. The Reds, they have at 79. The Pirates at 72. Man, that, that 80. 80, what was it? You said 80, 86. 86. That definitely win the NL Central. I, I really think it could. I think any, anywhere from 85 to 87 is going to win the Central. But, yeah, you look at the Central currently. Both the Brewers and the Reds both tied at 43 and 38. You have the Pirates technically in third place. They're 38 and 42, four and a half games back. But they have that extra game left to play for them to hit the halfway mark. And then you have uh, the Cubs, thirty-seven and forty-two, five games back. Cardinals, thirty-three and forty-seven, nine and a half games back. Oof, so technically, for the Brewers and the Reds have hit the halfway point. Uh, you have the Pirates need to play one more game, and the Cubs need to play two more games with St. Louis needing one more game. All right, yeah, so half, but, we're halfway man, through. Wow, man. Could you imagine telling anybody, whether it be a Brewer or a Cardinal fan, that um, halfway through the season, the Cardinals would be out nearly 10 games? Yeah, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. Central is just... If you were to to say the Reds and the Pirates were fighting for first place with the Brewers and the Cardinals were almost 10 games out of first place and last, would you... you 
He's like, I think you belong in a psych ward, dude. Yeah, not not this year. But then you look at the other central, the AL central. The Twins are leading it. They're on pace for 80 wins. Ooh. They're on pace to be a lo- below 500 and yet still win the AL Central. Yeah. But No one's above 500 in that division, right? But Cleveland is surging. They are also two games below 500, have one less win than the Twins, and they're 7-3 and three in their last 10, and their offense is starting to come alive. So I do think Cleveland ends up winning that series, but that's not like some hot take as Cleveland was projected <laughs> to win that AL Central from the beginning of the year. No, uh, halfway through the season then, Rowdy, big surprise is... Um... You know okay. who I think's one big surprise? The Diamondbacks? Diamondbacks, obviously, but the other one, the Texas Rangers. Oh, the Rangers. Rangers have a five game lead in the AL West. They're forty nine and thirty two. And I know they went out and spent a bunch of money. Like the Corey Seeger obviously was a guy that they, they spent a ton of money on recently. They went and signed Jacob deGrom. They brought in some big players. Well, Jacob deGrom's hurt, but that team in Texas is scoring runs night after night after night. They actually just in the last week have, have dipped below averaging six runs per game. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a difference that is, huh? Six runs per yeah, game. They, they were averaging over six runs per game pretty much the entire season until about the last handful of days. Brewers, and, and when I say they dipped under, it's like 5.94 or something like that. When I was looking the other night, Brewers still at four, a little below four, but I guess they had the, I got to go look. I'd say they're right around four even. The Milwaukee. Oh, rowdy. Dead on the nuts. The I look Milwaukee at this Brewers, almost daily. Four. Four point zero zero. That's good for 27th in the league. That's awful. <laughs> oh, by the way, their last three games, 3.33. Look at, since you have it up right now, where is four and a half? What number is four and a half? Four and a half is dead on nuts. Toronto Blue Jays, four and a half, the 14th in the league. So roughly middle of the road is four and a half runs per game. Now the Brewers last year were at four and a half runs per game, but they were 10th. But because of some of the rule changes, the lack of a shift, you know, the bigger bases, it's kind of telling people that maybe you should run a little bit more yeah. offense. Batting average all up slightly. Except for the Brewers. Except for the Brewers. <laughs> so clearly four and a half is still got to be at least the mark you're looking for, especially if you have a, a good pitching staff. Four and a half or better. And yes, they are half. It's not, you know, a tenth of a run or whatever. It's half of a run away yeah. from where they need to be. So here, here's all around a half of a four and a half, as, which is 14. That's the Blue Jays. The Cubs are 4.54. The Cardinals, 4.56. Well, the That's problem with 13. the Cardinals is their pitching staff is awful. And they give up a lot. Uh, below 4.5 would be the Seattle Mariners at 4.47. The Yankees at 4.46. And the Mets are at 4.44. So that's... And I would that's love... Who, that's around a 4.5. I would love to see the breakdown of the Yankees this year with Aaron Judge, without Aaron Judge. Because I know when they had Aaron Judge, the offense has, has been so much better than without him. And there were some games where it was like, I remember seeing stats where it was like, Yankees scoring you know five-plus runs a game so, with Aaron Judge, and then the lack of runs without him. It, so he, he that's a big injury. It does give me the 2022 season total. Uh, the Yankees set at 4.89 last year. Uh, the Brewers last year... 4.48... Yep, Rowdy's on it. Again, I look at this all the time. 448, yep. Uh, The top teams, Rowdy's just talking about it. The Rangers, uh, the Rays, 
the Braves, the Dodgers, and then the Diamondbacks are all top five. And then uh, the LA Angels are number six. The Angels score five runs a game. Shohei Otani uh, hit his 14th homer in the month of June yesterday, and guess what? The Angels lost. <laughs> Nine to seven. Uh, they would lose. Uh, Otani a beast. But here, the Angels are pretty good, though. Um, where are they sitting at their division? They're still... Where are they at? They're third? They're third. Yeah, third behind the Strohs and the Rangers, obviously, in the, in the AL West. Um, but they're they're in the thick of things to make the postseason. Yeah. Brewers, I mean, Brewers only shot what, Rowdy, is winning the division? Probably the Central, because if you look at the wild card right now, the Brewers are currently two games out of the wild card already. And that is as a leader of the Central. They, they got to win that damn thing. Uh, Reds did not play yesterday, I do believe. Yep, they were off. And then they take on the uh, they'll host the Padres starting today at four ten. Brewers going to be in Pittsburgh taking on the Pirates. Uh, Pirates they have been just cratering lately, right, Rods? Yeah, they uh, they won. They've, they've come back. They to beat her. the Padres yesterday, but uh, what what were they in the last ten here? Um, Pirates are four and six, but four they've six. won three in a row. But overall, the last the month of June. They've started their crater. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What other surprises halfway through the Major League Baseball season? See, I'm not surprised with the Cubs. Uh, what did you say? The projections had them at 79 wins this year. Yeah. And currently they're 37 and 42. Honestly, I know we talked about this before the beginning of the year. I thought they were a 78 to 82 win team. They'd be flirting with 500. They've just done it a little weird. Where and by by weird I mean they've been really really cold and then they've been really really hot. Yeah. So th- they've been kind of a feast or famine. We're in a win streak or we're in a losing streak, but yet <laughs> they're still right around where you th- where I thought they would would kind of be. Sure, sure. Um, I guess the biggest surprise for me is that Pittsburgh was good for as long as they were, aka two months before they started to their their free fall. Yeah. And the only other, the the big one is just how bad the Cardinals are. Yes, they're bad. They're really bad. Because we're sitting here, and tomorrow will be July 1st, and you have a trade deadline coming up in about a month, and the Cardinals are going to have to probably make a decision on if they're going to be a buyer or a seller in two, two and a half weeks. And um, with only two, two and a half weeks a game, say you make up one one game a week, I mean, the, that's that the Cardinals would still be out about seven games, yeah. and that's if they do that. Are they? Do uh, you still think you're a buyer with two weeks left to go no. at the trade deadline, saying at best we're seven games out? No, I, that's tough to do. That's really tough. Uh, all right, Rowdy. So looking at this, um, we were talking about when you stick the fork. When do you stick the fork in the Cardinals to say they're done? It's July first tomorrow, like you said. Uh, I wouldn't say July first, but I would say at least mid to late July and officially we'll put a, a fork in them if they sell at the deadline. Yep. All right. So we have at the most about a month left of worrying about the Cardinals unless they turn it on. That <laughs> unless, feels kind of nice. Unless they turn if it you on. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that by August 1st or so, we can disregard the Cardinals, they're out of it. And the only teams left in the mix would be the Pirates, the Reds, the Cubs, and the Brewers. I would say, oh my goodness, uh-huh. the Brewers, I'd feel great about it. Uh-huh. You, you tell me that we got to worry about the Reds and the Pirates and not the Cardinals? Uh-huh. All right, we'll get into the Brewers making some moves yesterday, too. Luis Urias optioned. 
Welcome back, Bryce Terrain. How about that? Also, big series coming this weekend, yeah? No, I was just uh, thinking out loud with uh, the Luis Arias. Saw a lot of mixed reviews on that. He's got options, right? He does. And we'll get into it, but I just thought that uh, a lot of mixed reviews on the Luis Arias. I didn't know he was so uh, polarizing. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a couple of people being like, oh, I can believe he's optioned. Why? Because I have eyes. Pete, I'm glad you had a good time at Pittsburgh, man. I got RJ's there right now for PNC Park. Uh, I was looking at the, with the weather. Of course, rain in Pittsburgh is coming up here, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, but Rowdy... Last night, how about Devin Williams getting another save out of a jam? And he had, uh, really quick here, we have Dave Essler coming up, our Gamble of the Stars. We'll recap uh, our fun time last week in Edgerton Town Country Club. And I think he's got a little uh, dirt on one of our listeners, Steve from Edgerton. But here's the thing. No, I think it's Steve the other from, way around. Steve from Edgerton's got dirt on him, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was something that I had to remind Dave of from Steve uh, when they were sitting out there on the patio. I won't incriminate anyone. Uh, but yes, Rowdy, uh, Adrian Hauser... I don't know. Hauser, besides two solo home runs, pretty good last night. Yeah, and, and he settled down after giving you know up those home runs earlier in the game. Yeah. Um, you look at this matchup and the series on paper, Brewers-Mets, four-game series, all in New York, Verlander going, Scherzer going. You probably, you're sitting there just because it's Major League Baseball going, okay, well, split would be what you're hoping for. It's four-game series. Yeah. Both of these teams haven't been the greatest this year. You know, Milwaukee's been better, but they've been struggling. The Mets are not very good, but it is in New York. But You can do all this juggling, right? Yep. And you go two and two would probably be a decent series. And then you look up and you see the matchups. Oh, Verlander's going in one game. Scherzer's going in one game. Just to the casual fan, that's going to be pretty tough. you got to win the games where they're not pitching in, right? Totally. totally. Well, you won three out of four, and you beat both Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. Take that! With Adrian Hauser? And how about this for... You know, because it's Hell easy, yeah. it's easy, and it, but here's why it's hard to bet on baseball. You have Justin Verlander, who's clearly the, the favorite against Colin Ray because he's a name. Yeah. He was the Cy Young Award winner yeah. yes, uh, last year. So the guy was just pitching in Japan. And is like a fringe Major League Baseball yeah. player the last five, six years. Yeah. He loses. Yeah, take that, Verlander. Then you look at game two. You had Julio Tehran, who had been arguably the best starting pitcher for guys that have logged at least five outings for the Brewers this year. And he was going against David Peterson, a lefty, an 808 ERA, who had an ERA over eight and could not get anybody out. It didn't matter if he was facing the great Braves who would light him up or the crappy Nationals. They would light him up. Everyone lit him up. Yep. Julio Tehran gets lit up, and David Peterson looks amazing. Yep. And then you just continue to move forward, and we can go to the last game. And, yeah, yeah. you had a Adrian Hauser, who was like a guy that originally they thought would be maybe a spot starter, kind of lost that that uh, fifth guy in the rotation role because of the Wade Miley signing, and kind of a long reliever. No, 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 he's going to go six inning, give up only two runs, and Scherzer on the other end is going to roughly match him, but the Brewers are going to find a way to win at the end, and you're going to take down Scherzer and the Mets. Scherzer. And you win three out of four. Feel the heat of the Brewers, baby. All right. And that's why it's hard betting baseball. Speaking of betting, Dave Esser joining us coming up next, but first, line four, good morning. Morning, boys. Oh, Daniel, what's up, brother? Well, I'll tell you this. 
the ba- the Badgers, the Brewers <laughs> are they are basically Wisconsin spring. They're 80 degrees on March 29th <laughs> and 31 on March 30th. <laughs> They're 65 degrees on April 18th and 26 degrees on April 30th. It, I, who knows? Are they you like know? they're like Katy Perry? They're hot and they're cold. They're yes and they're no. We have absolutely no idea who's going to show up each day, and their only consistent person right now is Christian Yelich, which doesn't make any sense to anybody. Daniel, we live in bizarro world. More evidence. I don't, I, there's I no else say, to explain it besides bizarro world. It is. I, I mean, I'll say it. It's it's very nice, very nice to watch them win some games. It it truly Very is, nice. isn't it? And it's nice to see the Mets suffer. There's something about it that like makes my heart smile when I see the Mets suffer. The Cubs, I like seeing suffer the most, but seeing the Mets suffer, I like that. I enjoy it. Can there be parallels made between the sub that imploded last week and the Mets? Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. You pay all that money for uh, what you think is going to be an awesome ride just to be <laughs> imploded? Yeah, totally. Steve Cohen's a out there. Bit. Yeah, Steve Cohen's like the CEO of Ocean Gate. He's got to have a press conference of how everything's effed up. You know, I get it. I like. I think considering last night we uh, we got to watch them load the bases in the ninth inning and then just strike out. Okay, it's if just, <laughs> if, just perfect. if the Mets are that is that Ocean was it Ocean Gate? Yeah, if the Mets are that submarine, who's the who's the step kid in all of this? Let's go into the Blink-182 concert. Who's who's the Mets version of that? <laughs> well, who did the Mets try and sign this year, and then they didn't sign them, and they ended up signing with, like, the Braves or something? That uh, would be who it is. Geez. It's like, hey, my dead father, my dead stepfather would love that I'm at a Blink-182 concert, okay? Like, he, he would be mad if I didn't go. I, <laughs> I think all that matters to that kid is that he's in the will, right? <laughs> uh, yes. Hey, I did absolutely nothing, and I'm a billionaire. How about that? It must be nice. Yeah, all you got to do is take some heat on social media for like two weeks. I, I would do that in a heartbeat to be a billionaire. Why not, you know? Take a little bit of heat to never have to do anything for the rest of your life. Beautiful. Doesn't sound too bad. Doesn't sound too bad at all. All right, so the NFL, we, we, we heard, what, a couple weeks ago, another round of suspensions was going to be brought down for gambling in the NFL. And then, you know, what did Matt LaFleur and a bunch of other coaches do? Uh, they had to remind their players about, you know, uh, of the gambling policy. Uh, Matt LaFleur has asked, are players aware of the gambling policy? I believe so. We haven't had any any issues, so um, knock on wood, but I, I do think so. And, um, you know, it, it's always, you always want to constantly remind the guys uh, and I'm sure it's not going to be the last that we talk about this. Does Matt LaFleur know that he could say 1-800-ALL-BETS-OFF, too, uh, this offseason? you got to constantly remind these guys, Rowdy, don't gamble on the NFL. Uh, Matt LaFleur also has had the Packers have had uh, reminders of NFL gambling rules on a regular basis because he just said you got to kind of remind them, right? That's something that we've tried to stay in front of just with all the news, obviously, and some of the suspensions that have occurred throughout, uh, throughout the league and um, just making sure that our guys are well-educated on it because the last thing you want to do is, is put yourself in a bad spot. That is the last thing you want to do. That's correct, Matt LaFleur. Uh, no one ever wants to be jammed up. Uh, he does one more from LaFleur before I get to the, the sprout bet scenario uh, situation. He says it, the latest round of NFL suspensions, 
He has repeated again the rules of the I team. I think any time news of that came out, uh, I mean, certainly that was addressed in, in our team meetings, just making sure that guys are aware of what the rules are. I think that's a lot of sometimes the issue is guys aren't aren't quite aware of what they can and cannot do. And um, so you want to make sure everybody's educated because if you get yourself in a bad spot and you do something you're you aren't supposed to do it really doesn't matter you're supposed to know the rules and it's our jobs as uh coaches as an organization to educate our guys and and what is acceptable i can see that to a point with some of the nfl guys because you know if you're in like some big auditorium as a rookie with like 500 other rookies and you're sitting there and they go over the gambling part and it's you know five minutes long and they kind of just a quick run through and you're already bored to begin with yeah you're already bored and half listening it's like I could I understand where you could check out and then obviously you get drafted and you have you know kind of like your team sit downs I I get it where like the Jamison Williams of the world that got suspended for betting on the NBA yeah. in the team's locker room Dumb. on the team's in the team's facilities Dumb. like that's that to me would be oh the guy was probably just zoning out in like the sit down where they explain everything because they all probably know you can't bet on the NFL. You can't bet on your games. Like, that's a major no-no. Don't do it. But to tell a guy, uh, you know, you can't do it in your own work facilities. You can't do it on the the, the team flight. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Rowdy, of, like, what <laughs> like, you can and cannot do. That's right? one where he's probably just, you're probably snoozing yeah. through it and be like, wait, I wait, can't bet on the NBA? I can't bet on the NBA? After practice as I'm getting like, my stuff together? I'm sitting in a hotel room in bum F nowhere and I can't bet on the NBA because I'm on a t- like a team sanctioned like hotel. Well, check this out, Rowdy In this new round. Uh, so four players have been suspended. Uh, two have received indefinite suspensions for gambling violations. Uh, the biggest name, I guess would be Colts veteran cornerback, Isaiah Rogers. Uh, uh, he, he, do you consider him a big name? No, but he's like, like he's a bigger. He's the name. biggest name out of these four, but I guess. Didn't they make it sound like that there was going to be some like some big name is going to get suspended because yeah. they were ga- it's yeah. Eli Rod. Oh, really? So that's R- the big name. Rashad Barry, who was a Colts defensive end, also got suspended. A free agent defensive lineman, Demetrius Taylor. And then there was one other guy too. I don't even know who the name. I don't even think it lists the name. Well, here's what Isaiah Rogers was betting on. It came out. Isaiah Rogers won a $1,000 bet on his own team last season. So he bet on the Colts to win. Doesn't say what game. But he, he won a $1,000 bet on his own team last season. Oh, no, it's, I'm sorry. It does say what it is. It was a prop bet on the over-under on rushing yards by a Colts running back. But, I was going to say... Um, here's the unusual part. You say your piece, though. Real quick. See, that's starting to get into Pete Rose territory because remember when Pete Rose was a player manager and then a manager? Oh, yeah. He was betting on the Reds to win, and uh, supposedly they have evidence that he never bet against his team, but it was strictly on the Reds to win. They have a bunch of notebooks laying around somewhere? I, yeah, that's not good betting on your team and the games that you could potentially have an outcome in or a hand in the outcome. Yeah. But in the Pete Rose sense, if that is true, he was never throwing games. He was trying to win every yeah. game, yeah. which then you re- that you really never 
inhibited like yeah, what was going to happen. Harder yeah, to you win. were trying harder to win. Now this, now that you say, wait, wait, he was betting on Colts games to win. Oh no, no, no! It wasn't betting on Colts games to win. It was betting on rushing stats. Over under on rushing yards of a Colts running back. That that's a little fishy because you know who's going to know all the game plans. Isaiah Rogers. A guy on the team that's sitting in the meetings, a.k.a., hey, we want to get Jonathan Taylor the ball a lot today. Well, it gets a little juicier, Rowdy. The story gets juicier. It was a prop bet on the over-under on rushing yards by a Colts running back. What is unusual is that, the because he made more than one bet, is the majority of his bets were in the $25 to $50 range. $25 to $50 he put down. Well, check this out. The bet that he won, he put down over $1,000 on it. And they say, did Rodgers know something ahead of time that made him yeah, bet in on the game plans. more money than he usually did in his bets? You know what's really funny is that <laughs> he's Woo! he's betting twenty five to fifty dollars a game. Which is not that's on, like him jumping on a penny. random. Yeah, for a guy that's making well over six figures, potentially seven figures. Yeah, I mean it's really not much, but. When he goes up to a thousand and it's on a Colts game and it's on a prop where if you're sitting in on the meetings and, and we like, Hey, we we are going to run the football down this team's throat. Jonathan Taylor is going to get 30 carries in this game. Like we are, we are going to run the football. Oh, then you drop the thousand. Go, yeah, that's, that's a little insider trading. Let me go right drop there. a stack on this man. Let me drop a stack on that. A band. Yeah. So, yep. There's the juicy part. You normally bet $25 to $50, which literally is nothing for this guy. That's not even dropping a penny. That's like nothing. And instead, oh, oh, ooh, well, this matchup, prop bet over under Colts rushing? I want to go $1,000. And it says right here that he won that $1,000 bet. Isaiah Rodgers won a $1,000 bet on his own team last season. No, he, yeah, of course. Yeah, he, he knew the information. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he, he knew what he was doing. I think he liked the matchup. Rowdy, when you're doing the Razor's Edge... The reason why you take bets is because I think you like the matchups, right? That's why you put it out there, isn't it? Not? Yeah, it's not like I'm giving you something that I'm like, yeah, I don't like this one, but uh, you know, I'm going to give out something. So, yeah, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Great uh, one. It's going to be a winner. No, everything that I throw out there is because I actually like it. Yeah, so, or else I, see, this is the thing that uh, sometimes I have trouble with. Like, I'm a perfectionist. I want everything to be very detailed, everything to go perfectly. Of course. Yeah. Um, I expect to go whatever and oh. Like today we talked about probably like five picks. I expect to go five and oh. Now, realistically, that's not possible. No. But in but in my mind, I like all of them so much, I I think they should go undefeated. But I know they won't. You know, if you had five, ideally you'd go three and two. That's where I just mentally have to get on the can't go undefeated every day. Type yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, you can't unless you have inside information. Yeah. Then, then, you, then you throw on a thousand dollars. We might say, Hey, you might want to put a lot more on this in the razor's edge. And I really like this one. Yeah, if, if Rowdy gets really excited for one, he's just like, oh, I'm going to put 10 units on it as a, like how many units do you put down on a bet? Me one, one. standard. If, if Rowdy's out there, he's like, I'm on if I really, minutes. really like it, maybe two, two and a half. And then he's got, then he's got insider information. What if you like all right, if you if, get in, if you like, really like it's two, two and a half, if you had insider information, how oh, would it be way more than that? Ten units? There was one time <laughs> where I had pretty good intel, and this was in during COVID. Oh, I know. I remember this. With COVID 
people yeah. on teams I remember having COVID and and the reports. Because remember, yep. you didn't have to report anything until like an hour or two before kickoff yeah. back in 2020. Yeah. I got some pretty good info on a game that was one of the first games played in 2020 between two pretty, I think it was Austin P and like something else state. It was, it was two garbage teams. And the Rowdy info the that I had received was like, Oh, actually one of these teams has like eight guys out and it's like their center, their best linebacker, their all American wide receiver, like a quarter. It was like, whatever it was. And I'm like, well, this guy's pretty trustworthy. Uh-huh. Uh, so then I actually had to message somebody and get some more money down because I believed in it. And, and if $20 was my standard, your standard of unit, um, I'd bet 25 times more than that. It, did it work out for you? Yes. Of course it did. Um, <laughs> the, the line will say if it was like minus, say they were like, five and a half point dogs. They ended up closing at like three and a half point favorites. So like the line moved like nine, like nine ish points in my favor. And then the no team, one knew about the COVID stuff. Yeah. And then the team Besides that I was you. getting points on became the favorite. And then that team that was the underdog that turned favorite, not only did they cover the game, but they won straight up by like a decent amount. So that was pretty good. It was really good. And then some people try to get greedy with all that stuff. And, uh, not you. Other people glommed on trying to get greedy with all that stuff, Rowdy, and then uh, things took a turn for the worst with some people around here. Not not for you. I did help out a person we know in common. Yeah. Because he's the one that helped me place it. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. If Rowdy gets really passionate about a bet, you know he's got some inside information, baby. Yeah, Isaiah Rogers, though. No wonder he put $1,000 on. He liked the matchup, and he knew what was going down in the matchup. That's why he put $1,000 on a prop bet for over-under on Colts rushing yards. He probably knew, and who knows, Jonathan Taylor could have been hurt like leading up to that. He probably had inside information on that, too. Was JT hurt? Was JT not hurt? You know? There you go. And he always suspended for at least a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope the $1,000 bet was worth I, it. I just remembered this. Do you remember when... Um... Uh, someone else used to work here, and they said, oh, yeah, you got to bet this. I got inside info. I know some of the referees. And it was like some obscure game in Texas. I'm like, how do you know the referees? And then he's like, yeah, you got to get on this one. You got to get on this one. I'm like, I'm good. I think I'll pass. And then it lost. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you really knew someone. But- I vague. You'll have to remind me off air because I vaguely remember that. It's like it wasn't even close. That was a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then again, that goes to hey, you got to trust uh, your sources. You got you to trust the people that are supposedly giving you this information versus, yeah, this guy's just a BS. You got to trust your sources, verify your sources, and then verify them again, and then make sure you really actually do trust them. You got to really go through it. We live in bizarro world. Colin Ray takes down. <laughs> Colin Ray takes down Verlander, and then last night Scherzer gets outdueled by Adrian Hauser. <laughs> and how about this? I don't know if this bizarro world or not, but we just got this guy up from Florida all the way to Wisconsin to Edgerton Town Country Club. Davey Clutch, Dave Esler, pregame.com, the gambler of the stars. David, what a time! Yeah. What a time on Saturday, dude! What a pleasure. Awesome. What's going on? Yeah, I had a good time. I, I, I wish I could delete that video that you posted, but 
Oh, Dave, it just asked me. I'll delete it. I've never deleted a tweet ever before in my life, but I'll delete it for you if you want. It's probably seen its time now, but I think that was our next to last hole, and I, I just can't get that terrible backswing out of my. You can't unsee it. I do believe we used your drive on that hole. Uh, it looked like it was going to go right for the tree, but you missed it. I mean, it was a great drive, Dave. Dave, remember when you remember when you eagled Steve Stricker's signature hole? Oh, I can, I, that was the highlight of the weekend. Hey, speaking of Steve Stricker, 820 today, Rowdy. Uh, Strick 9, the new Steve Stricker beer, the guy who made it, is going to jump on the show and talk with us at 820. But anyways, Dave, again, a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, I think there's some listeners that might have some dirt on you, so you better be, you better behave. You better be a good boy, especially with Steve from Edgerton. Yeah, yeah Steve from Edgerton does have a picture that um, he can keep to himself. He, yeah, he definitely has some blackmail material on me. <laughs> Uh, he can keep to himself. Also, Dave, uh, you were a man of the that, people. That, 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 that last Gatorade he bought me was it could be expensive. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> hey, well, the secret safe with all of us, Dave. Uh, you were the man of the people though Saturday too. I don't know how many people came up to you to you and shook your hand for a, another winning WNBA bet. <laughs> Myself yeah. included. Well done, Dave. Well done. Well done. Should we do another one? Uh, please, I, Dave. Yes, please. I would love to go three and zero in the WNBA. I think we should do Los Angeles and Chicago over the total. Love it. Rowdy, the stuff that uh, you haven't given the money. Uh, so you want to roll it over? Roll it over. Reinvest. Reinvest it for me. What was it, Dave? The Chicago and L.A. over? Yes, sir. Rowdy, book it. I'm in. Dave, done. Any reason why or just because you're hot? Uh because the, because the total's too low. <laughs> Perfect answer, Dave. I'm looking at it right here. It says it's 155 and a half. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So we're taking the over. Over. Re- reinvest my WNBA winnings, Rowdy. Going 3-0. and Dave! What about Major League Baseball? Rowdy had a prop bets and a bunch of other games galore. What do you got cooking in Major League Baseball? Rowdy's really opening up his repertoire there. I mean, first five innings, prop bets. I love it. Uh, same. What what's the prop bet, Rowdy? I like Dean Kremer to go over in strikeouts, and I like Andrew McCutcheon to get a hit. I think McCutcheon was like ah. minus a buck sixty-five. Well, look at you go! <laughs> I'm impressed. And Rowdy impresses us more and more every day. Sometimes. That, I mean, no, no, that's pretty good. Did did you give out the Brewers game tonight? I did. I I I do like the Pirates in the first five on the run line. Dave, do you uh, give that seal of approval? Yeah, yeah, that was actually one of mine. I do like the Pirates in the first five on the run line myself. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, we can't we can't bet into that Brewers bullpen right now, and Peralta uh, just faced Pittsburgh recently. I I think the game stays under, but I, if I had to bet it, I would take I would take the Pirates in the, in the first five plus half run. So good call, Rowdy. We got we sink or swim together, brother. Hell yeah, Rowdy. Let's well, go. after last night, we can only uh, do better because I know you don't like applying the do theory, but um, the over last night when we had Pittsburgh, or sorry, when we had Boston in the first five and Bellow had a no hitter into the eighth, uh, we're due. Yeah, well, I pushed that. It's fun. I mean, <laughs> That's I don't mind. The do theory. Um, yeah, we don't bet on the do theory. Um, you know, there's a game today. It could be a little sneaky. Ooh. Um, it, it's it's not a marquee game, but the, the the Tigers and the Rockies. Now, 
I know that Austin Gomber is not a very good pitcher. But I also know that the Rockies saw Michael Lorenzen when he spent all those years in Cincinnati. And the Pirates are, I believe, they have won five games against left-handed pitching. But just consider this. The Pirate and the Tigers are minus 115 road favorites. I don't think so. Uh, I like I like Colorado. I don't think so, says Dave. See, I looked at that game last night. I actually gave out Detroit in the first five this morning just because it was a market play. But I looked at that game and kind of looked at the under because I know last night it was at 12 and it's dipped down to 11 and a half. But I'm looking at Colorado. I'm looking at Detroit and I go, do these two teams that are offensively challenged really get to 12 or I guess even 11 and a half at this point? Yeah, I, I, I looked at that too. Uh, and I did want to take the over, but you don't have a lot of familiarity with Gomber. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't touch that. I mean, you know, the Rockies, it may be so because the Rockies played late last night. You know, maybe their bullpen's a little depleted and the Tigers don't have one. But it's not a bet I'd be willing to make for sure. I'll tell you about a bet I do like. You want a prop bet? Yes. Um, Alec Marsh with the Kansas City Royals. Um, first major league start against the vaunted Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, I don't know if Kansas City can win that, but I do think Alec Marsh is going to go over his strikeout total against the Dodgers because the Dodgers, they played that game in Coors last night. They had a late start. Uh, they, they scored 14 runs. They completely went off. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of the Dodgers and you know, Mookie or Freddie rested. And, and this kid, Marsh, um, in, in double A this year, uh, this year, in two years, he struck out like a batter and a third an inning. Uh, and even in a couple of triple-A starts, he struck out 28 in, in 25 innings. So I think he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be tougher than people think. I, I, there's no way I think the Royals would win, um, but I think Marsh strikes out, it'd probably be four and a half. Um, I'm looking at they, it right now, Dave, and you can get Alec Marsh over three and a half minus a buck 20. Done. Done. Dave says done in Dave. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I think, I think Evo should open up his wallet for that one. Dave, I only open up my wallet now for WNBA bets. Okay. Right now, right now we're riding the WNBA. I don't blame you. Um, I like, yeah, because I I only win it. I only win in the WNBA. That's why. Exactly. Um, I like the Red Sox for the first five innings. Paxton over Barrios. I know, uh, Barrios um, was already hammered by Boston earlier this year, so it kind of goes against my theory. But, you know, if theories were always right, we would never lose. Um, the, the Red Sox always hammer Barrios, and Paxton's been money. So, you know, let's not get off the horse yet. Uh, I'll take Boston in the first five at, at, you know, probably plus 120. So I gave out Boston, Toronto, but it was the under in the first five. What are your thoughts on that? Because if I had to, I would lean with you with Boston. But I do like that uh, when Berrios got hammered, it was in Boston where he uh, historically is worse on the road. Now it's at home and he gets to make the adjustments, but Paxton hasn't really seen Toronto and they're lesser hitters against lefties. Yeah, I would. I could. I could totally see that. I mean, I, I like to disagree with you. I really do because you're so fun to argue with. You were even more fun to argue with last Saturday, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> hey, Dave, uh, any, any other bets you want to put out there before I let you go? I do have to ask you one more question off the uh, 
off the betting trail. Uh, something else. Any, any more bets that are out there? Um, I might take the Cardinals. It's, it's a little sneaky. Um, I did actually kind of want to take Severino and the Yankees, but uh, for some reason that market is flipping to the Cardinals, and there's no good reason other than somebody knows something I don't. Well, Dave, there's something I know that you don't. Maybe that's how to make okay. a, that's how to make a cherry bomb. I can give you the recipe if you'd like. Yeah, no, I probably should have had a lot more of those. Actually, <laughs> um, we found Davy's rocket fuel out on the course. <laughs> cherry bombs, huh? cherry bombs. Yeah, that's when I when I hit that uh, shot onto the green there on Stickers Hall. That was right after a cherry bomb stock, uh, shot, and my dogs are telling me how much they loved it. Sounds like your dog wants some cherry bombs too, Dave. I don't blame him. That's some good. That's a good fuel yeah, for the weekend. They, they love it. Hey, Dave, you doing anything for the 4th of July? You going 1776 all over some asses in Florida or what? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. I'm too, I'm too, I'm too old. You guys, wore, you guys wore my ass out last week. <laughs> hey, we had such a blast, Dave. Thanks for making the trek, man. It was uh, an absolute hoot uh, hanging with you. And you better be in your best behavior next time you're around because Steve from Edgerton, he got, he's got some incriminating evidence. We'll see, all right? Yeah, there's a guy I don't want to get into a drinking contest with. i got to tell you, that guy's my hero. Yeah, I, he sent me a message around 8.30, and I was very impressed. I was like, wow, my man can put them back. Well done, Steve. Yeah, I, did, I want to apologize to him for not being able to get him out of church. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, he, he thought maybe Rowdy wouldn't be able to give me a ride to the airport, and he volunteered. <laughs> He actually kind of he kind of wanted to so he could get out of church. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, Steve, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll have to plan better next year. Well, hey, Dave, <laughs> I, I think it was for the best for Steve because he had to get right with the Lord after the list he gave me of what he drank on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it was <laughs> it's impressive. <stuff. laughs> hey, Dave, much love, brother. Nice hanging with you last week, and can't wait to do it again. You got it. Have a good weekend. You too, guys. buddy. Have a good weekend, Dave. There he is. Uh, check him out on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler, E S S L E R, on Twitter. Pregame.com in the winner's take. We love us some Steve Stricker. Hell, we were just at Steve Stricker, one of his home bases, Edgerton Town Country Club last weekend. And on Steve Stricker's signature hole in our golf tournament, what did we do, Rowdy? We eagled it. We had an eagle on Strick's signature hole. What would have made it just a little sweeter? Well, I mean, A, we would have got a hole in one. Oh, of well, course. Well, B, also, having some strict nine beer to celebrate afterwards. That's why we welcome in our guy Mike from District One Brewing Company. Mike, good morning, my friend. What's going on, my dude? Hey, morning, guys. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Well, I'm I'm really good. I always say that as a true Wisconsin, I'd be even better with a beer in my hand, no matter what time of day it is. I'm like salivating over this strict nine beer. Uh, so, Mike, real quick, t- give us a little rundown up there in Stevens Point for your District One Brewing Company. Well, I, I've a shame on me. I've never been. I would love to make the trek. Give me like a little selling point to getting up there. Yeah, um, the selling point is, you know, we opened Beer. about three years <laughs> three years ago before, or six weeks before COVID hit. So, yeah, it was a struggle the first couple of years, Oof. but uh, it's kind of going stronger now. And uh, we're excited to have this, uh, the beer with, uh, with Steve Stricker uh, kind of worked uh, together with uh, his agent, Mario. And, uh, you know, Mario came up with the name. 
Um, we kind of made a few tweaks to the label, and uh, it's off and running, so it's pretty exciting for us. I had, so obviously Stricker was just here in Madison a couple weekends ago for the American Family uh, Insurance Championship, and he won it. He set a course record for it, too. I had people coming up to me, Mike, being like, hey, if you Steve, uh, if you see Steve Strick, can you get me some of that Strick Nine beer? I'm like, I, like I have no pull over all of this. Have people been trying to knock your doors down, trying to get this uh, this beer in their in their gullets? Yeah, you know, this is uh, we just we had a small batch that sold out right around that time. We just we actually had ten cases of of Strick Nine behind the scenes there. We ha- we weren't able to work out anything with the vendor for <laughs> to have it on at the AmFam, but maybe next year we're working on that in the near future here. But um, yeah, and so the second batch, you know, we had we we canned 80 cases for this tournament just to have it our at our tap room, and we only have 25 left, I think, mm. and it's only Friday morning. <laughs> You guys are wanted, dude. They want you bad, and I don't. I don't blame them. How has it been in Stevens Point there for the Century World uh, Golf uh, Championship? Have you guys been seeing a huge uptick in the community there? I'd imagine so. Yeah, you know, it's it's been steady increase. I think you know, uh, you know, Thursday yesterday was uh, was a, a much obviously uh, busier day than the previous two for the practice rounds. Yeah. I suspect. Um, you know, the, today, tomorrow, and you know, into the weekend, it's really going to pick up even more. So we're excited about that too. How was a? How, how did you guys go about? You know, making a, a flavor, a taste, if you will, for the palate for Steve mm-hmm. Stricker. Take us through the process of it. Yeah, so like I say, I reached out to Mario. He came up with the name, and then you know, we asked Steve. He said he wanted something that was, you know, obviously a, a summer beer, easy drinking after golf or mowing the lawn or whatever. And so what we did is we came up with three different recipes, um, and we actually sent them to Steve uh, to taste test. Um, and uh, the, we we now brewed the one called Strychnine, the, the one that he picked. That is awesome. And you guys, have, you've made some other beers, too, for some uh, Wisconsin legends, haven't you? And some, some people tied to uh, some sports around here. Uh, correct? Am I wrong on that, or am I, or am I right? No, yeah. no, you're correct. Yeah, so it started, uh, boy, a couple of years ago, Cole Caulfield, as uh, you know that name. Oh, yeah. Um, we, when, he, when, uh, when they were in the Stanley Cup run in 2021, I guess it was, um, yep. we had reached out to his agent. My wife is a friend of a friend of his mom, Cole. So I reached out to Cole's mom and then she got me hooked up with his agent. And we're still, um, we're still working with, we're, we're still doing that too. We have actually a three beer hat trick series for Cole Caulfield as well. Sweet. That, so we got something here for the summer. We got something for the winter. We can kind of rotate through. That's awesome. How did you get into all this, uh, Mike? How'd you get into all this? Uh, usually when I ask people this from, uh, you know, brewing companies, it's always, well, I started brewing in college or I started brewing in my basement. Yeah. How, did, how did you get into it? So for myself, I mean, I'm, I'm a physician, so um, I'm my, uh, one of my, I'm a, I've been in craft beer for about uh, 10 years, just interested in it and, and drinking it and that type of thing. But one of my medical assistants' husbands uh, worked with our uh, major owner, uh, and head brewmaster, um, and so they were looking for a, a sixth person to partner, and oh, then that's cool. how I got hooked with them. Yeah. So I do have a question for you, since you are a, a physician. Is it yeah. a beer a day keeps the doctor away? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say. So <laughs> there is nothing wrong with beer for breakfast on certain occasions. So that's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I noticed, and I don't. You know, I'm obviously a radio host here, but uh, I would get a bounce this off a physician. I did see, like, the national, the United States national average. Uh, Wisconsin actually is, their lifespan average is more than the national average. I think, does that coincide with beer? 
I, I would say maybe that has something to do with it, but I can't guarantee that. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I right. might be a little bit that opinion. Yeah, okay, 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 good. So now we... <laughs> I feel like you should almost put this on the label. Uh, a strict nine a day not only keeps the doctor away, but it keeps scores, uh, scores lower, oh. whether that be from uh, uh, maybe struggling at math or maybe you're just playing that much better. Yeah, yeah, that works. Hey. Or, or you, yeah, or you don't really care. <laughs> yeah, you get a little more loose with the morals a little bit, yeah, in a good way. Um, also, I mean, uh, str- I was reading an article about strict. He's like, yeah, they call me strict nine. That is not – strict nine would not be good for it, but strict nine – is good for it. So, Mike, if we uh, we do want to get our hands on it, which it sounds like it's 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 it, you know it's a fever pitch right now. What can we expect? Yeah. Like, uh, what's uh, do we have? Like, a, obviously, you guys have a plan, but can you give us a plan, yeah. the consumer, if when we want to get some? Yeah. So, you know, we have uh, we're going to have a limited. Hopefully, within the next week, we'll have a, a limited number of cases we're bringing down to Harley's Liquor and Bait um, in town. There, Ooh, close to me. Uh, the pig, the Piggly Wiggly in. Uh, Milton, I think it's called near near Edgerton. Yeah, they uh, they bought ten cases and actually sold out in about two or three days. So we're going to be bringing hopefully a few another ten cases to them soon. So they'll have uh, a stock of it. We are actually brewing it again Monday from the from the brew day until it's ready to to be uh, sold and 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 consumed is about a month. So we're going to do even a bigger batch. We'll have a hundred and forty cases available. By the early part of August, and I think the plan is to brew another uh, batch even before that one's ready. So we hope to have maybe 280 cases of cans at least ready to go by by mid-August. So we still have plenty of summer and golf season to go. Wow. Uh, District 1 Brewing Company. Go check it out in Stevens Point as well. Uh, Mike, before I let you go, how does it feel? to? Uh, is everyone knocking on your door to get some? Are you turning away your own like mother-in-law, uh, father-in-law yeah. over it? Like, <laughs> like, I got people asking me. I'm like, I have no pull over this. Uh, are, are you having to turn your own family members away from Strict 9 Beer? Yeah, well, I had to, I had to buy it. Myself to bring back to my Minnesota. So, uh, I, I, I wanted to make sure I paid for it because some of the money goes to Steve's foundation. So uh, that's yeah. another nice part that, uh, you know, 5% of all the, the package beer sales and 10% of all the draft sales and merchandise go to Steve's foundation. So Awesome. Hey, good on you guys. What a great cause and what a great guy to partner with. And uh, once I try it, I already know it's a great beer. Mike, have yourself a great weekend and an awesome 4th yeah. of July, my friend. Uh, enjoy it and appreciate the time and, uh, and you hopping on the show. Yeah, all right, you bet. Thanks for having me. See you, bud. There he is. Good stuff. The Strict 9 beer. I had literally people asking me if I could get them cases and also an autograph from Steve Stricker. I'm like, I have no... Like, I know I saw the I have, Edgerton I Town Country Club sharing that uh, they were given, I think, a case or two. And if you wanted in, you had to like the page and share it. Yeah. And a ton of people were sharing it. <clears throat> Mike, who's part of... This is one brewing. He literally just said, I had to buy my own case. <laughs> it's like it's like my brother in Christ. You make it. What do you mean you had to buy it? Like, well, I was looking for a good cause. Steve Stricker's I am fam, obviously. I think Harley's liquor and bait shop in Madison is gonna get some more. That's near me. I'll have to go shove down some grandmas and some some dads and anyone else that gets to my way to get some strict nine. Uh we are working with Steve though or um sorry, Mike. We might have some giveaways coming up here, Rowdy, believe it or not. And no, we are not eligible. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. I can go for a beer right now. I'll take a little breaky-poo. Rowdy! On this day in history, two years ago, Fly the L 
and fly it proud, you Chicago scrubs. Two years ago today, the Brewers were losing seven to nothing in the first inning. Aaron Ashby, first start, was it not? It was seven to nothing in the first inning, and then the Brewers said, "Not today, you son of a bitch." And they went out there and beat some scrubs. Ass! Yes! Oh, damn. That was Aaron Ashby's first career start. Hell yeah, Rowdy. And it sounded like this. Bases were loaded. Up seven to nothing the Cubs. Runners go way inside. A tally on the board. 7-1. That ball is hit. The Luis Arias, who just, by the way, got option. Brewers are chipping away. Once against the Padres, the against the Phillies. Oh. Slow roller, tough play. Arietta pounces, throw to first, and it gets by. Seven three. Damas, Narvaez going to keep on trucking. Omar Narvaez. Two will score. Seven four. Seven five now. It's down the line. Oh, knocked down by Sogard. In the Sogard a cop, by the way. Keston Hira with a base hit. Keston Hira, Rowdy. Deals. And that's through. Base hit. What is in Adamas? Here comes Taylor. Throw to the plate. And safe. The Brewers lead. Oh, what a slide. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's not done yet, folks. Then a big fourth inning. Base hit. Jackie Bradley Jr. Throw goes to third. Another run is in. It's 9 7. This time it's Jeff. All right, bases loaded, top of the fourth. Bottom fourth of the inning. Arias beamed, Rowdy. Locks it. Beamed in a run. In a run. And another run will score. Adamas in the air, right center. This was a game of the ages. I can tell you exactly where I was and what I was doing on this day. Because it was Aaron Ashby's first career start. He was one of the top five prospects and, and arguably their top pitching prospect. And he was going to be making their his debut. And that was when uh, they needed him. They needed him to come up and log some innings and, and pitch well. And I was on my way to getting my hair cut. <laughs> Fly the L. And I had the radio on. And it was Aaron Ashby just getting destroyed like yeah seven to nothing in the first inning boom (laughs) boom and i remember it was like going into the bottom uh was it the bottom i think it was going into the second inning i had arrived at the place where i get my hair cut you have arrived and i remember sitting there because i was a little early going man do i really want to keep listening to this maybe i'll walk in early blah 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 hopefully this can only get better when i come back out and (laughs) Turn it off, walk in, get my haircut. Was probably there for 30 to 45 minutes. And I did not, I refused to. You didn't turn the radio back on? To turn the radio back on. Unbelievable. And then I drove all the way home, which, like, from where I was, was probably another half hour. So about an hour and 15 minutes that went by. Then I decided to look back into it. And all of a sudden, You're like, damn, I Brewers, missed out. The Bre- I didn't miss it all, but the Brewers were mounting their comeback. Yeah. They, were, they had incrementally got, I think it was like seven to four or whatever it was. So then I was like, all right, I'm back in. Turn it on. After the first inning, it was seven to one Cubs. And then the Brewers hung five in the second and then eight in the fourth and then a, one more in the sixth. And it ended up being 15 to seven Cubs got completely owned yeah owned and god it felt so good there you go on this day in history two years ago uh, line one good morning hello 
Well, what's yep, sorry about that. Your phone cut out. So then, Rowdy, on that, uh, Luis Arias was big in that game. Luis, Luis Arias, he just got an option. He's going to AAA up Bryce Turan. That actually makes perfect sense uh, if it was the second inning where the Cubs or where the Brewers would have hit their fourth run because I remember I turned it back on and it was after about a 30-minute haircut, which yeah. means the game was probably on for an hour tops. They were still in the second inning yeah. because all the runs. Yeah, all the runs like you're eating Taco Bell. And yeah, now Luis Arias. Well, let's start with the guy that made his debut. Aaron Ashby, he's on the shelf. He yeah. underwent a night with the night. He's still injured. Shoulder injury. Yeah, he's recovering. Luis Arias? Optioned. Demoted to AAA. He's been stinking. Uh, he, Luis Arias this year, hurt his his hamstring, calf. Keston Hero, one of the Last guys play of the game, first game. That had a hit in the clip that you listened to? Yeah. Didn't make the big league club. No. Hasn't appeared in big league baseball this year. Should be called up. We love you, Kest Daddy. Uh, there's some other names in there, too, whatever. But you look now, uh, Brewers tied for first with the Reds. They're tied. And now we got a weekend series starting with the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right, Bryce Terang is back, Rowdy. He made some defensive plays last night. What do you think of Terang here? Yeah, let's see if uh, – so Bryce Terang came out real hot out of the gates. What, roughly the first month of the season, he was playing really, really well and then took a complete nosedive the next six weeks where, man, he was one for 41 at Ooh. one point. And just – it wasn't like he was making any adjustments. There was no corrections. It just wasn't having any success, and they sent him down. It also kind of helped that you had Luis Arias, a guy that had been in the big leagues the last two, three years, yeah. was getting healthier back from the hamstring that he hurt the very first opening day game against the Cubs in Wrigley. Uh, so that kind of helped. It gave you an extra body where you could afford to send Bryce Terang back down. Well, now Bryce Terang went back down to AAA, hopefully corrected some things, maybe got on a little bit better of a hitting streak, kind of got out of that funk, and we'll see if he can make uh, those adjustments now at the big league level in his second go-around. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Brewers... It's going to be a test to see what he does. Yeah. Because well, a lot of prospects... He had to do something, right? A lot of prospects that are highly touted can come up and play well right away, and then when the adjustments are made on them, that's when you see if you are if you are a true big leaguer or not, if you can stick at this level. Yeah. And we'll see. Uh, Brewers, though, listen, they won again. The Mets, they're in a tailspin. I mean, they're, what, nine below 500? That's not good for the Mets. They have the highest payroll in the league. And then, Rowdy, how about this? The Padres, they just got swept by the Pirates. The Padres, uh, they are also not looking good. Uh, Josh Hader. Josh Hader was on a uh, show. Let's see if I can find it. It was a podcast. I think a podcast show. Uh, oh, it's AJ Przinsky, and I think it's, uh, uh, don't quote me, but I think it's Kratz, uh, former Eric, brewer, Eric, Eric Kratz. Kratz. I think it's AJ Przinsky and Eric Kratz. Well, Josh Hader was on there. Um, now, it's the foul territory is what it's called, foul territory TV. Now, the caption is Josh Hader thinks his ex-team, the Brewers, should go, should go for it. We'll see uh, what he says right here for Hader, who, by the way, I don't know if you guys remember, he was traded away when the Brewers were up by four games uh, on the NL Central and uh, looking really good, then they spiraled. So Fall Territory is a show hosted by A.J. Pierzynski, Todd Frazier, Adam Jones, Eric Kratz, Lorenzo Kane, Jason Kipnis, Brock Holt, Scott Braun, and insider Ken Rosenthal. But I think this specific episode was Pierzynski and Kratz. Of all those names you just listed, how the hell did Eric Kratz get involved? <laughs> Do you want the honest truth, probably? He's cheap. 
No, because he had that one year with the Brewers that made him relevant when he was like almost 40 years yeah. old as that like, backup catcher. All the names you just listed, and then there's Eric Kratz. I'm like, one of these sounds a little different. Well, than yeah, like A.J. Perzinski was a good catcher. Yeah. Todd, uh, Todd Frazier was a pretty solid third baseman for a while. Obviously, Adam Jones in the outfield with Baltimore, the last time Baltimore was relevant until about this year. Uh, Lorenzo Kane clearly was a good player in Kansas City and then for Milwaukee for a couple of years. Jason Kipnis at second base for the Indians back in the day yeah. had some big years at second base, was a power hitter. Brock Holt, a pretty decent all around utility player. Steve Holt. But yeah, then there's Eric. No, 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 Eric Kratz. Hey, good for Kratz, though. Here's Josh Hader talking with the boys. Take a listen. While we're on the Brewers, you did get kind of surprisingly traded from there last year, maybe. So who's it going to be this year that they. Burns, Woodruff. Yelich, uh, I don't know. I am not sure. Um, <laughs> I, if it was me, I'd, I'd ride it out to the end of the year. Um, but, you know, I don't get paid to do those big boy uh, moves. I get paid to stay on the field and do my job. So I would think they'd keep Bernsey um, and Yelly. I don't, I don't think they would trade. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. That's the that's the crazy time about baseball is when you get towards end of July and they start making some deals. Do you feel that? Do you feel the same thing Just with the Padres? Like we're like you're not you're not quite there yet. It's like the, you'll go to the All Star game. Sorry, you don't ever get any All Star breaks because you're so freaking good. You always have to go to those games. But are you sitting there like as a pot? Like are you sitting there in July twentieth and like, oh boy, all right, trade deadline. Here we go. And then that's the end of the video. So Hader's saying, basically, I wouldn't trade Burns. I wouldn't trade Yelly. Uh, but have you heard of the Yelly rumors swirling around at all? Like he's hot in the month of no, June. No, I really haven't. Yeah, I think the I. last time I, I heard any Yelly rumors was like a year or so yeah. ago when they were talking about swaps for like Cody Bellinger. But that might have been two like, years no. ago now. But Hader says, like, I would if he was in the position of Matt Arnold, it would be I would be keeping uh, Burnsy through the rest of the year. But, I mean... Uh, the hater was traded at the trade. Deadline. I like the perspective from Josh Hader saying, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if they trade some of these guys. Now, I personally wouldn't, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm paid to pitch. I'm not paid to make these decisions in the front office. But I almost feel like with him saying that where he's like, yeah, I would probably ride it out. That was the whole freaking plan. If you wa- looked at their contracts and how Burns, Woodruff, Lauer, Hauser, Adamas, Telez, you go right on down the list. A lot of those guys that have been key players since, you know, 20, well, for some of them, even before, but we'll just say that 2021 team. Yeah. It all run out in 2024. The plan should have been in 2022-2023 going all in. That was the end of your window. And then the winter of 2023 slash into 2024 unloading most of them. Yeah. Like you hope that maybe they could get a Burns deal done or a hater deal done, but that's not what they did. And that's why I think a lot of fans haven't forgiven Mark Ananasio and, and the Brewers for their office and the Brewers as a whole. Nor by will the, they. By the way, I, I just want to remind you. Um, so they did not. What, despite what good old Mark wanted to say, good old Mark, how it wasn't about the money, it clearly was about the money because they didn't want to pay Josh Hader, who had one more year left on his deal, roughly fifteen point three, fifteen point four million dollars, his projected uh, salary after his final year of arbitration. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't reach that because he had a poor year. So yes, he would have been cheaper than they actually 
would have guessed. And this is what Josh Hader has done this year. He is 0-1 with a 1.26 ERA in 30 games. He has 18 saves. He's got 42 strikeouts in less than 29 innings. He's got a whip under one. Uh, Just for comparisons, he's on pace for 36 saves this year. That would be the second best in his career. The only year in which he had more was 2019. It would actually tie his 2022 season last year. His whip would also be uh, under one. He's only had one year where he wasn't under one. Yeah. I mean, the Josh Hader that we know is back. He he only would have had the Padres suck. If he keeps that ERA at where it is, that would be the second best ERA of his career. And there he is, Josh Hader talking about did he seem a little bitter in it at all? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that much. I think he's still more like I don't know about bitter, but just kind of like, yeah, these idiots. Like, yeah, they like, traded me. And I wouldn't be happened. surprised. You know, I wouldn't do it, but I don't get paid that much to do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I just, I think it is a little bit funny that you didn't have to end up paying him as much as you first thought. And he's actually having one of his better seasons right back to hey, being the Josh Hader Devin Williams is, from 17 to 23. Devin Williams is doing it's pretty good. It's not about Williams being no, good. No, though. it's not. It's about having arms and Imagine if an he arms had race. Williams and Hader. Yeah, it'd be sick. You'd have two guys with ERAs under 1.30 and whips under one. Get to the eighth inning. Let Burns pitch seven and innings. And then let him cook. never lose. Let him cook. It's like, oh, my. But, hey. But, hey. What do we you know, know what? The Brewers, they did buy. They did end up uh, adding yeah, Trevor, Trevor Rosenthal, Rosenthal, who never pitched once.